0: Email offers to podcast at victorsalmon.com. I love talking about relationships and intimacy, and I love cross-promotion and working with other podcasters. Okay, let's hear about today's episode. How is ADHD a positive? Provided you have strategies and can compensate for thinking differently than others expect, ADHD can actually be quite positive. Today I talk with Jana Gorstengard, a graduate student with ADHD, about how she and I have worked with our brains to become academically accomplished, she more so than me. For me, that was achieving two full-time science semesters on the Dean's List, which means when you average all of your grades, you average above an A average, so you have to have more A pluses than A minuses, and it's almost impossible to get if you get so much as a B plus. For Jana, it was taking a graduate degree in a subject she's passionate about and cares about. And while academic success isn't really a measure of life success, achieving one's goals when one is constantly told that they won't achieve them or can't amount to anything or gets distracted too easily, it's very challenging. Moreover, achieving academic success with ADHD is its own specific challenge. So it's actually really refreshing to just have another perspective and remind folks that ADHD can be an advantage and it can give you the ability to deep dive and hyper focus. I, I pers- personally remember lying to myself and telling myself how incredibly fascinating a very dry subject was just to activate that part of my brain so I could really dive into the textbook and read dozens of pages of incredibly dry material in a s- specific course I didn't love that I wasn't in love with. So basically the advantages of being able to hyper focus as a strength of ADHD that lets you do what more normative thinkers would probably struggle to do, although ironically, their struggle at focusing for long periods of time is probably not that different from our struggles focusing for very short periods of time even, so it is what it is, but we should talk more about positives with Yana here on Intimate Interactions. So let's start talking about coping with ADHD symptoms. Ooh, wow.
1: This is a new one for me. Um, cause like I said, I think I've been sort of, or like my doctor told me, sorry. I, he said, I think you've just learned a thousand different ways to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so you find like different workarounds. Like, um, for example, I majored in something that I'm really, really fucking interested in. And so sure. focusing on that thing is easy. Right. Um, I can hyper-focus on it, and I can do really, really well. Um, but hyperfocusing is also a problem because then I have issues with executive dysfunction. Right. So um, for people who don't know what that is, it's like executive function
0: is basically your like, get shit done thing do, that happens Do the thing in your brain. that I know I need to do versus yeah. the thing I want to do.
1: Yeah, and so ADHD people, what we have is executive dysfunction, so that usually happens. (laughs) If I'm hyper-focused, I will forget to eat, drink water, go to the bathroom, shower, clean my room, go grocery shopping, Um, basically my life falls apart around me, but physically I'm okay, and then I'll look up at the clock, and I'm like, oh my god, it's been like five fucking hours... And all of a sudden I get this massive hunger, hunger pain because I've been ignoring it. Right. So long. Um, yeah, I so will... that's, me, that's what executive dysfunction is. Or I know I have to do something and then I sit there for like three hours, just stare at the wall and not do it. Yeah. 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 Like picking something up off the floor. I'm looking at a roll of scotch tape that I dropped on the floor three weeks ago. I have walked by it a thousand times and gone. I should pick that up. Takes two seconds. I still haven't done it and I probably won't do it.
0: Yeah. I've tried to train myself really hard that if something's going to take less than 60 seconds, I need to just force myself to do it now. Mm. And I think my anxiety around having a messy space trumps my ADHD because when I was young um, and my mom was really into yelling and being at times physically abusive, the the central sort of focal point was typically that I wasn't being productive Mm. enough. And that I was making a mess or that I wasn't being clean enough. And a lot of the time the mess was her mess. So I got into this place of almost like learned helplessness and anxiety and um, Mm -hmm. feeling unsafe around messy spaces. So now I find it not unbearable to be in messy spaces, but it is a lot of spoons to just exist in a messy space and not clean it. I have like a, not necessarily a compulsion and it doesn't even have to be clean. It just has to be tidy. If that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: um, I have I have a big I have a big problem with with keeping spaces clean. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, I used to like <clears throat> my mom calls it like nesting.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
1: like spread all of my shit out everywhere mm-hmm. to where I can reach it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then my whole bed or floor in that area, except for the area that I'm actually sitting in, is like chaos. Right. But I know where everything is in that mess. Right. Because I can track it. So if I clean that's when things Get start lost. to kind of fall apart because I don't, because we have such poor working memory. I don't remember where I've put things.
0: Yeah. And so, so the way that yeah. I've coped with that issue, because I definitely have that issue too, is when i clean i try and take things out i do the mary condo method basically i'll take things out of a space and then i'll go what do i need to use in this space and then i'll put those Mm -hmm. things within arm's reach so um one of the things that screwed me up this morning actually was i had moved my quarter my eighth inch to quarter inch um jack for my audio headphones into my preamp that i my usb preamp that i use for recording this podcast normally Mm -hmm. i leave it out sitting right next to the jack or i leave it in the jack with no headphones plugged in Um, but it's a special screw adapter that works with my monitor headphones and i only have one of them (laughs) because you know it's not like i have you know multiple pairs of monitor headphones so I need to find that jack and it's not next to the preamp and it's not in the jack. And I'm like, maybe I moved it with the headphones cause I wanted to keep them together. And then I unscrewed it when I got to the other computer. So I have to like, think about what I probably did and go look, cause yeah. I have zero memory of what happened. And then I ended yeah. up going and getting a backup adapter that doesn't have a screw to see if it would work in these headphones. And then I got here and went, Oh, well, what if I, what if I just, put it in the drawer that's right next to this because that's a logical place i would put things and i opened Mm -hmm. it and sure enough there's the adapter and it's just like so frustrating but it was within arm's reach and so long as i trust myself to do that um it it, you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of uh, memento and sammy jenkins Mm. yeah i just need a system i have to have a system where when i forget about things they're where i would normally go look first
1: yeah yeah I used to lose my keys all the time. Um and so what I do now is I keep my keys in my backpack at all times because when I was a kid, I used to just like put them on a counter. One time I found them in the freezer because I think I was going into the freezer to look for something and I was like, I just gotta put these down. And you're yeah, totally and then I Yeah, and then I forgot to grab them and then my dad opened the freezer and was like, Yana, the keys are in the freezer. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, that's weird. And he's like, What happened to you <laughs> what happened to your brain <laughs> and i was like i don't know <laughs> so like i used to lock i think that i think that's the reason why i didn't get diagnosed as a kid because like i had all these like little quirks and i think my parents just thought they were funny <laughs> like i mean like my mom like thought it was like genuinely fucking hilarious when i did this stuff that's but great in the moment when you lose that thing it causes like Anxiety. because we're so hypersensitive it causes this like i'm so good at worst case scenarioing yep I am the best at coming up with the worst possible scenario that I'm con- I've convinced myself is going to happen. Of course. Um, and so I would like melt down, and my parents would just watch me and be like, "This is kind of entertaining."
0: <laughs> <she's just> like, <laughs> That's such so a. That sucks. And I
1: can see her keys, and I'm just waiting for her to find them. And so it's like, I think that's why maybe I didn't get tested is because they just thought I was like a little bit quirky. But now that I'm older, I'm realizing these are distinct patterns that I'm reading about in these symptoms where I'm like, oh, it was here the whole time. Like, it's like the Wizard of Oz, like when Dorothy goes home, but home is like inside her heart. ADHD is inside my heart and it has been the whole time.
0: I just didn't figure it out. Yeah. Like in my last relationship, I caught a lot of flack. It's part of what, uh, what the accountability process I'm going through is for just forgetting Mm -hmm. things. I would get hyper-focused on a thing and like, I bailed and forgot to meet this person at one point. Um, and she is sour about my standing her up and I'm like, yeah, I get it like I'm really sorry it wasn't malicious or intentional and at the same time I have to recognize that you know intentions doesn't negate impact and that being set up was a really hard and impactful event for her so that sucks Mm -hmm. so I'm I guess I'm trying to learn how to flag my behavior better so that when I like in my current partnership um that's going really well actually um I am able to be like, here are the things I suck at, here are the types of behaviors you'll likely experience with me. And like, so long as I set really clear expectations that like, these are the things I, I'll change most things, but like some of these behaviors I cannot change. Like I've tried, I've, yeah. I've felt very ashamed of them. I've worked really hard and regardless, I just can't change that, that element yeah. about how my brain functions. Like, so with, mm-hmm. with being on time, I have set alarms. I have done all kinds of things and the things mm-hmm. i found that have helped the most is if I prep in advance so that the things I need are where I need them. So for example, yep. if my shoes are near the door, if my keys are already in my pocket, because I always keep mm-hmm. them in my pocket. If my phone's always in my other pocket, it's like wallet, keys and phone are always in my pants on my body at all times because I'm, I have the luxury of having been born male and being socialized mm-hmm. as masculine and getting clothes with fucking pockets
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) it is a such a like i don't think masculine folks understand just how lucky they are to have that
1: whereas like we put them in our like people who are like not male yeah um we have purses but if you're adhd you fucking lose your purse all the time sure so (laughs) who's your purse and all the shit that was in it, even if you prepped it. (laughs) You're just like, cool.
0: (laughs) I just, I need to have a place for everything because with enough repetition, I'll memorize where things should be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've started doing that quite recently since I figured out what I have. Mm. Uh, And like, I always thought that people who like pin things on a bulletin board, I was like, that's stupid. Why would I do that? (laughs) So, So it's way too organized. And then I started doing it. And I'm, I'm, I did it with some, some grad school stuff, like courses Mm -hmm. and theories that I might want to use. And I'm like, this is actually really cool. And I actually really like doing this, um, because I can see it. And it's not just this thing that's trapped in my brain that I get really overwhelmed and overloaded with. Totally. It's something I can move around and tick things off. And that feels really satisfying. Whiteboards. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bullet journals too. Really good for people with ADHD. Yeah. Because I've tried every single other type of planner. I mean, although 2020, I did buy a planner for 2020. And I just haven't used it. I might as well just throw it in the garbage at this point. Um, cause <laughs> I don't have any appointments to keep. And I don't really have anything to do. And I don't really
0: plan You could literally just <laughs> write in it, Trash pandemic. People I liked <laughs> died. It, it yeah. was just a terrible year. And then burn the whole thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I have like... That kind of stuff Um, But I think for me like I I used to be late a lot When I was a kid Mm -hmm. And I learned pretty early I think it was acting school actually Because I got yelled at For being late um, By this really scary acting teacher And then after that I was not late ever again So what I do is I probably wake up about two hours Before I actually should leave the house Yeah because i know i like i know my brain's gonna chase dopamine i know it's gonna go on facebook i know it's gonna go on instagram it's gonna go on twitter so i do like an hour to do that Mm -hmm. i know it's gonna take me a long time to do the executive functions that i need to get ready so like showering drying my hair putting my makeup on getting dressed that's gonna take me an hour and then getting out the door is another
0: that is a fucking ordeal
1: Yeah, it's another task on top of that. And then trying to make a bus.
0: Oh my God. So this one time I'm pretty good at tracking things and getting an emotional feeling around tracking things. This one time for school, I knew I was pretty late and there were three Mm -hmm. buses that would come. There was like, there was a 645, a 650 and a 655. And I remember looking up at the clock on the wall, seeing 6.52 and going, if I sprint, I'm pretty sure I can still make it. I threw my shoes on and just fucking bolted. And I was in a dead sprint down the stairs, a dead sprint down the block. And I'm like huffing and puffing and flagging. And I remember seeing the bus drive through the intersection as it turned red. And I was just like, fuck, like I I missed the bus because, and like I, I knew that I was just a little bit too late. And I sprinted across the street and the bus waited for me and I got onto the bus and I was just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to make it there. Like I was pretty sure that I'd already missed the bus and the bus driver was like, your shoes are untied. And I was like, I know if I tied them, I would have missed the bus. And he just fucking laughed at me. Like (laughs) the, the, and and not like a bad way. I didn't feel bad about it, but it was like the prospect that someone could have the knowledge of when buses were going to come enough Mm -hmm. so that they could time it down to whether or not they tied their shoelaces. I'm like one tying my shoelaces would have taken more time than it would have for him because I would have tied my shoelaces and then I would have lost track of what I was doing almost. Yep. It's like, I would have sat down to tie my shoelaces and then it would have been like, Oh, I should check my phone. Oh, I should, you know, do I have everything I need still? Like it, it just, it just takes, it derails me from the one singular focus. And if I'm not hyper focused on the one thing, like just get out the fucking door Mm-hmm. it can take me forever to do that i i get anxious okay. about like what i've forgotten it's brutal
1: and i think that's what like i think that's part of what my doctor was talking about about like how we as like diagnosed or undiagnosed mm-hmm. adults with adhd how we end up adapting to the world is like mm-hmm. we are so good in a crisis <laughs> because we can just hyper focus and we can get out the fucking door yeah. we can push and get an assignment done at the till at the very last minute definitely um we kind of thrive in chaos Mm -hmm. but that's not always a good thing Mm -hmm. like um yeah like I just there's I've I've had so many days like the one that you just described where I was literally sprinting for the bus Mm -hmm. because I was like oh I have to brush my teeth and then I was like, oh, but I forgot to do this. And I forgot to do that. Yep. And I forgot to do that. And so it just become, and I'm like, fuck, I have to go. And then I get on the bus and I've forgotten my laptop.
0: Oh, it's so frustrating. It's infuriating. It's like to the point of tears <laughs> where you're just like, I tried yeah. so hard and I yeah. just couldn't function and do these normal things that everyone says are so easy.
1: Yeah. And so like prepping oh. in advance is like, it's so key for me, especially in grad school, because I've literally done that. I bust an hour into Ottawa for my class, I forgot my fucking laptop. And then I had to go to the library and buy a notebook and a pen and take notes by hand during the entire lecture. <laughs> laptop. And then she was like, oh, can you pull up the article? And I'm like on my phone, like pulling
0: up the oh. article. Oh my God, it was,
1: and my friend is just like, what happened to you? And I was like ADHD, man, I can't even <laughs> describe it to you.
0: <laughs> it's just one of those, I, I've seen some things.
1: Yeah. And my friend I have I have a friend who's also got it and she's in my cohort and she just gave me this like understanding nod. She's like, mm-hmm. Yep, been there
0: <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's frustrating. So what I've done to yeah. cope, because I'm trying to focus on coping strategies, um, is mm-hmm. go bags. I will literally be like cool. Are you going to spend the night at a partner's house? You're going to need um, all these things for sex. You're going to need all these things for brushing your teeth and like a sleep mask. And like, it was just, it's everything I might need if I'm spending the night at a partner's house in a bag ready for me to grab in my cat, in my cupboard, like in my room. And then I'm like, okay, what else do I need go bags for? And it, and it starts becoming like, okay, well, if I'm going to a kink party, I probably need these sorts of things. Like I want to make sure I don't forget just sort of like the basics the bare bones stuff and then what I'll usually do is if I'm not in a rush I'll open it up I'll look at what I have and see if I want to add or take anything out but the usual effect is like cool I need this I've grabbed the bag I'm not going to think about what's in it because if I do that I'll be here 20 minutes
1: yeah yeah
0: So yeah, sometimes I'll grab like the kink bag and then the overnight bag for a partner and then that's it Like i'm packed. I have everything I need. I don't need to spend time doing that It's just done for me because i've done the prep
1: Yeah Yeah, I learned that um When I was it was the same thing when I was staying over at my husband's house before we moved in together Mm. um I was talking to my mom and I was like, I just can't leave on time and she was like, Oh, well, have you tried packing a bag the night before? And I was like, That's literally the simplest solution. And I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I was like, I was just going to wake up like seven and a half hours early. Right. And she was like, No. <laughs> she was like, No, that's not a solution.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, like it, it's so, I find prepping is so crucial as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. um, or like just a way to manage. The absolute chaos that this that this feels like sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and even for me with food, like that's a prepping food is a big thing. Um, like prepping, like my like protein and like just having chicken or like beef or something in the fridge, just ready to go. Because if I have to, if there's more steps involved, I don't want to do it, and I'm just gonna order pizza or I'm just gonna it's so true. Not, not eat. Because I'm like, oh, it's just so much to do and I just don't want to do it.
0: Do you know, um, do you know how I um, manage that? How? Um, pressure cooker. I have an Instapot oh. and then what I'll do is I will literally take like frozen corn out of the freezer, dumps an Instapot, cuts up two potatoes, cuts up a carrot, um, frozen beef in my freezer, mm-hmm. dumps an Instapot, fills with a little bit of water, throws like a little bit of like garam masala or like stock, whatever kind of stock you want. Um, And then turns on, walks away in two hours. It beeps at me. And if I forget, it has a keep warm function where it keeps it food safe warm while I've forgotten about it Mm -hmm. until the next morning. So I'll get up and be like, oh, right. I cooked dinner and never ate dinner. But like it's not spoiled because it's been at a food safe temperature for 12 and a half hours. I'm like, great.
1: I almost set my kitchen on fire boiling water because I forgot about it.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Like, and it wasn't this kitchen. It was when I was living by myself. But it was like, I was like, I'm going to make noodles. And then I put the pot on the stove and I put it on Max. And then I went and sat down. And then I started, I, it was while I was in theater school, I started reading a script. And I started
0: hyper-focusing. Oh, no.
1: And then all of a sudden I look up and I was like, what's that smell? I've done Why that. Why smoke? And I was like, oh, Jesus. And my roommate was in like a separate suite. So like we just shared the kitchen. She comes running out. And she's like, what the fuck? And I was like... I left a pot on the stove and I forgot about it and she was like oh oh okay well we we can fix this and she helped me throw it out and I was like we will never speak of this again
0: oh my god
1: (laughs) so then I was like I would time like five minutes and then I would go and check on the pot every five minutes after that um so I have timers for when I'm cooking stuff because otherwise I will
0: just let food burn I've I've (laughs) forced myself to stand in front of food I'm cooking now so if I'm cooking food I have to stand at the stove if I leave and there's not a timer set I'm screwed and if I'm in the process of hyper focusing I have to stop right away it's Mm -hmm. like if a timer goes off and I so much as like snooze my phone I'm done because I'm gonna snooze it the next time and I'm gonna snooze it the next time and then my unfortunately the timer on my phone goes off three times and then stops going off Oh, yeah. I need to get a new timer, is the TLDR. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've done done so much stuff like that. Um, Just because I feel like with, uh, like, another one of the issues with ADHD is that we either can't figure out how much time something should take. Right. So we underestimate or overestimate how long it's going to take for us to do stuff. And for me, I always underestimate. Yeah. So... With, like, deadlines, like, I had to mark a bunch of papers, and they had to be done by today, and thank God I got them done today, um, but it was, like, I knew that it was going to take me extra time, because reading, right. for me, is really difficult, yep. uh, especially on a computer screen, Yep. because there's so many other things to do. <laughs> um, oh, I never put that together, so,
0: but that's true for me, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, It's I, I just find it so much easier to read a hard copy of something, and then just shut my laptop off Mm -hmm. um but I was like I know it's gonna take me so long and still I was like yeah sure I can agree to that deadline and then I was like what am I doing um so I just have so many deadlines that come up so quickly Mm -hmm. and then I have to just rush through and get them done
0: yeah
1: um so I think for like being an educator with ADHD that's especially difficult because then I feel like I'm not giving some people the time that they deserve because they spent a lot of time on this assignment. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not reflecting that by reviewing it as well, but I also have to get it done. And I'm also only allotted 10 hours of work a week because of my contract. Right. Like I see, I see super part time. Um, whereas I could spend like 15, 16 hours marking if I really hyper-focused. Sure. Um, but then that, totally it takes such a terrible toll on my my life my relationship my own work right um everything because if if i'm hyper focusing nothing else matters right like nothing gets through um and i've and I've, i've ruined friendships and relationships because of my hyper focus me too
0: yeah 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 i think that's what sort of tipped me off to the fact that like I needed to address these behaviors was like, Oh, this just cost me Mm -hmm. a relationship. Like I should probably address the behavior because now it's a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm really bad at answering messages.
0: Um, (laughs) I've done that.
1: Yeah. Because it's just, I look at it and like, I literally, I got a text right now from one of my best friends who totally understands what I have and it's fine. Um, I'll look at the message and be like, I have to open it. I have to read it. I have to figure out a response and then i have to press send right that's too many steps i'm just going to do it later or i'm not going to do it at all right but i usually say oh i'll do it in an hour and then seven days have gone by and i haven't responded and this person thinks that i'm a dick
0: it's (laughs) absolutely i've left people unread because with messages often my curiosity as to what they said is great enough that i'll just open it and read it but then the problem is once it's not marked as read anymore i'll forget i need to answer that text message yeah. So I'll be like, I usually, yeah, go ahead.
1: If I don't respond to an email, I usually mark it as unread. And so I can go back and read it yeah, again. Yeah. But yeah. You yeah. Yeah. I can't do that with messages. Yeah. I know. Right. <laughs> it's so annoying.
0: Yeah. Coping, coping strategies. Um, I haven't yeah. really figured any out for messages. I like the marking email as unread. That's a really good idea. Mm-hmm.
1: For messages. I usually like most people who know me really well, know that I'm really bad at it right and so they just kind of like poke they're just you like, again yeah or they're like hey I, I saw you read this but you didn't respond are you, is everything okay and I'm like oh yeah sorry like so usually if they prompt me with a question like are you okay or is there something going on then I sort of explain the situation and I'm like look I'm just really bad at doing this or I was hyper focusing on something for like seven hours and I read your message but then I just put it away because I intended to answer it later Um, so it's not really, I was like, there's just something, my brain just doesn't work in the way that normal, like a more neurotypical brain should. Cause usually what most people do is they see the message, they open it, they answer it and then they move on. Whereas it takes me forever (laughs) to, (laughs) to get through all those steps. Mm Um, but yeah, I just explain it to people now, um, straight up. Like I have issues with executive functioning. Um, and sometimes it's gonna take me re- a really long time to get back to you. It doesn't mean that I don't care. Yeah, it just means that um, It's just it's something that I see as being impossible in the moment, and so I won't do it
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yep,
1: yeah It's tough. It's really tough um, Because I think some people Still don't realize that ADHD is a real thing. Yep. Especially in adults, I, I think a lot of people think that people kids grow out of it, um, but they don't. Like we just find workarounds, um,
0: Definitely. and we just get
1: better at masking, especially masking our impulses.
0: So speaking of masking impulses, yeah. <laughs> I literally saw a candle and decided that I really wanted to light a candle, so I'm lighting a candle now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i did it because i was feeling somewhat distracted um because i was mm-hmm. thinking about the ways that people have treated my adhd in the past and like especially in my last relationship the way a lot of like lapses in executive function were taken as like intentional and manipulative and that just makes me yeah. like it's so crushingly sad like to look at oh yeah how that cost me a relationship it's- is just challenging for me in the yeah moment. but sorry go
1: on and the thing the thing is, is like, it's not, it's like, it's not our fault. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we, we can't control the, the fact that our like go do shit button in our brain doesn't work properly. Mm -hmm. Like it's, um, I think that's the biggest thing that I've come to terms with is the fact that this is none of this is my fault. Mm -hmm. Um, like ADHD is genetic. Like I'm so, I'm so sure my dad has it. And I'm so sure that my mom has it because my mom and I, neurologically, we're very much the same. We have the same kind of thinking patterns Mm -hmm. because when we talk about sort of traumas that we've been through in the past, the way that we cope with those traumas or deal with those traumas is very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's why we get along so well. We've always, my mom and I have always had a really
0: good relationship. I've always liked your relationship Um, with your mom. It just seems so wholesome and like happy and on the same team.
1: Yeah. We, I I think it's because we went through a lot of stuff together when I was really little like we both experienced being homeless We were like we were on welfare. We really struggled. And so I think that just like really knit us together Mm -hmm. Um, Because we all we had was each other and we all she's always had my back Um, I remember like parent-teacher meetings and stuff where they were like, oh, Yana gets really distracted Yana zones out my mom's like that's just how she is like she's really smart, though Mm -hmm. and Mom would just be like, don't listen to the bad stuff that they say, just focus on the good stuff that they say. Oh, that's nice. And that's yeah, that's the type of mom that she was. But I don't, I definitely don't think that she thought that I had ADHD because I wasn't, I had energy, but she also put me in sports like she put me in gymnastics mm-hmm. because I oh, I uh tried to vault off of the coffee table and I put a hole in the wall. <laughs> And she was like, why did you do that? And I was like, I want to do gymnastics. And she's like, well, then I guess we're putting you in gymnastics. Wow. And so I, I went to gymnastics Saturdays and Sundays up until I was like, I don't know, 13, 14, until I got way too tall. And I, again, it was, I was hyper-focused on it. So I got really good at it. Right. Um, but by the end of the weekend, it was like, I'd had like 10 hours of training and I was exhausted for the rest of the week. So I couldn't right. act out.
0: You know, um, come to think of it, I was pretty hyperactive as a kid. I would—I did the same sort of thing. I tried um, leaping from the couch over the coffee table, but I didn't quite clear the coffee table. So <laughs> I caught the coffee table, and there happened to be a stone fireplace on the other side. Oh, no. And it hit me just under the eye, and I still have a oh, scar God. on my orbital bone that saved my sight. And I'm like, well yeah. done, Evolution. Well done.
1: Oh my god yeah i was always i was yeah I, um i was always really accident prone as a kid and <sighs> i still am like i will i will walk into a door frame. yep even though i can see it coming <laughs> i just still like walk into it and i'm like what the fuck was that just Why like catch your shoulder way? on it yeah yeah and then my husband is like you walked into it and i was like no i didn't <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's solid <laughs> i love how you're like because no the frame, frame is attacked me
1: Yeah, my brain is focused on you just have to get in the room. If you fall over something while you get in the room, at least you've gotten into the room. Right. We just have to get into the (laughs) room.
0: That's how I feel about leaving my home. Same deal. Mm -hmm. It's like you just have to singularly put yourself outside the door. All you have to do is walk out the door. Then you'll have nothing to do but lock the door. And then you'll have nothing to do but go to, you know, the bus or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I I used to trip when I walked all the time because I like... Walked and I just wouldn't look at where I was going. Um, So much stuff. Just now that I think about it, I'm like, oh my God. Like, I can't believe nobody caught
0: this earlier. Right. (laughs) Not until I was 33. No, nobody even caught my depression um, until I went to the doctor and addressed it. Like, my parents never took me to the doctor about my depression or suicidality. In fact, I think they just missed it altogether in all of their kids. (laughs)
1: Yeah, my parents. I think my parents caught my depression because my mom has depression. Got it. And so I think she saw a lot of that stuff happening, like especially when I would. Although I don't know if this is an ADHD thing or if it's a depression thing, but I would hyper focus on something and then lose interest in it completely. Mm -hmm. Um. So that might have been ADHD, but I feel like there were also times where even the things that I used to chase for some kind of uh, dopamine reward or some kind of high or whatever, I would just be like, "Oh, I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't feel like doing anything. Everything sucks." Hmm. And so, that's either that's either boredom or depression or it's both. Right. Because um, that's how boredom manifests in me is I just, uh, I just won't do anything. I'm like, everything sounds terrible, and then I just sit there, and like scroll mindlessly through Facebook, and I'm not even reading. Right. I'm just doing something, some kind of repetitive physical action. Um, Yeah. So I think my mom figured out how to spot my depression symptoms, but yeah, ADHD never really factored into it.
0: Sorry, I got distracted with a candle, but I heard every word you said. (laughs) That's
1: okay. I, I do that too. I'll fidget or I doodle when people talk. Yep. Um, because then I don't look like I'm being disrespectful. I look like I'm
0: taking notes. (laughs) This is great. I actually feel like no pressure to be not myself right now. So I'm like exploring what it feels like to let myself be more distracted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's really freeing. It's nice. Yeah. And you can still focus on a conversation. Like I, like I fidget. I'm playing with a hairpin right now. Um, I fidget and I can still focus on what people are saying. It's just that my brain needs to do
0: two or three things at the same time. Totally. And usually I can can focus on a response, but not always. Sometimes I'll end up like taxing my ability and then just be like, oh, whoops, I totally dropped one of the balls I was juggling.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I've started getting really honest with people about that. Where I'm like, I'm so sorry, I wasn't paying attention to what you were trying to tell me. Right. And then I get mixed responses on that yep, because like, people fair. don't like that at all.
0: They're like, <laughs> What they're do you like, mean you weren't paying attention to me? And it's yeah. like, I got distracted.
1: Yeah, and they're like, you're looking right at me. I'm like, yeah, my brain just goes,
0: whoo, and it's just gone. Yeah, and just trying to explain to partners, especially when partners have needs for, like, attention, and you're like, sorry, I wasn't paying you any attention, and then they're just like, they just see red.
1: Yeah, and you're like, I can't give this to you right now, because I don't know how to do it. Um, I've gotten really good at the, like, empathetic nod when people talk to me. (laughs) So they're like, Yana's a great listener. I'm like, I didn't hear a word she just said to me, I'm, but I'm nodding like I do.
0: <laughs> I'm a, I'm a decent listener or I'm a decent talker, but rarely both. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm really good. Um, I'm really good in interviews because it's just one person. Yep. Um, and it's one subject. And then I have a list of questions. So I have something to pull my focus back. Mm hmm so whenever like because i do qualitative interviews for my research if i find myself kind of daydreaming while somebody's talking mm-hmm. um it's not because what they're saying is boring it's just because that like sometimes they'll say something and then that triggers a thought definitely and it, and, it, and i'm just and by the time i'm done they're like re-listening to me i'm like yeah absolutely can you repeat everything you just said to me, please <laughs> In that specific order that you said it, um, which is also why tape recorders are great. Yes. Um, those are, have been really useful for me. Um, but yeah, the, the question sheet printing it out and physically seeing it. Yep. If I find, I start to get what I call galaxy brain, yep. where I Jump from, sort of galaxy to galaxy yep. I can look down and go
0: oh this is where I was that is one of the things that is really helpful about having question sheets for intimate interactions when I'm doing the podcast yeah it's like I need to have them I need to have them in front of me so that I can ground myself in where we are in the conversation totally but the funny thing is if I'm intrigued enough with a conversation I can usually track it pretty well but yeah, the second same. my brain decides it's bored I'm somewhere else yeah
1: yeah totally yeah.
0: Yep. <clears throat> um, and the funniest part is for the ADHD ones, we haven't used any questions and it's just like, <laughs> and it's just worked really well. Cause I think we're both focused <laughs> on the material and interested enough. And ironically, when ADHD presents itself as a, as not a problem, but as a, like a dysfunction almost in, um, in making the podcast listenable <laughs> mm-hmm. um, then it's just on topic so it's great it's like a yeah. free pass
1: yeah yeah um, yeah it's weird I I I've been reading about this stuff and I've i found that in the past couple of days especially I think it's because I have nothing to do like I'm done mm. all my marking <laughs> so right. I'm like I'm gonna read about my weird brain um, this is really interesting and so I've been kind of hyper focusing on it mm-hmm. um, but ADHD is so fascinating because it's different. It manifests differently in everybody. Mm-hmm. But we all sort of have these kind of unifying qualities that make us part of this. Like Blah. I don't even really. It like I don't even really like calling it a disorder. Sure. I just like referring to it as like just a a different kind of brain.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people, we're, some people will say neurodivergent, but then sometimes autism yeah. folks get frustrated about that. Cause they're like, it's our word. We don't have any other way to yeah. talk about it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think that like, and I don't think that we're like, like you said earlier, like broken is such a bad term. Mm-hmm. But it's one that I think because of social stigma around ADHD and things like that, it's one that gets kind of drilled into our brains. Mm-hmm. So I don't even like thinking of it as like I have a broken brain. I just have a brain that works differently than societal expectations. Right. So like I I think outside the box a lot of the time, but it's mostly because I don't even remember that the box was fucking there in the first place. Right. <laughs> so yep. there's no there's no limitation. Um I think that's it's where we really run into problems is where we are expected to do things from like within society and expected to contribute in a certain way and behave in a certain way and process things in a certain way. Mm-hmm. That's where there's a big conflict. Mm-hmm. Because like people that I know with ADHD, they're some of the wildest, funniest, most creative, smartest <laughs> people that I know. Like it's ridiculous. Um, and that's why I like hanging out with them so much. <laughs> <laughs> because they just say the most wild shit. And you're like, where'd that come from? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> totally. And then you just get to laugh about it. Um, and they're super fun to be around, but we also like, you know, there's also definite drawbacks to it. Like, um, being hyper emotional. I'm really sensitive to rejection, mm-hmm. which I found out is a thing with people with ADHD. Um, I take it really personally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think that's why I stopped acting is because I just could sure. take in more rejection.
0: <laughs> and it is just the job of having no job security and being constantly rejected.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And you're like, oh, this is just crushing. You know, academia uh, is mean, not that much better.
1: No, it's not. But I've definitely my uh, I've definitely gotten more dopamine from academia than I got from, sure. from acting. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So I just think that, the way the world works is not conducive to how our brains operate
0: i agree it's yeah. often, it's and the same with dyslexia straight, too
1: totally yeah totally and a lot of those a lot of those issues are like they're often intermingled right like mm-hmm. um, i have dyscalculia which is something for numbers right So when I'm really tired, like I will, if I try to read numbers and and I'm and I'm exhausted or I'm really overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. they'll actually start to like fall off of the screen. Wow. Yeah, it's re or they're like they, I'll I'll watch them like reorder themselves. It's bizarre. That is so cool. Uh, Yeah, and my mom, I think my mom had mild dyslexia when she was a kid, and she described the same thing. It was like letters falling off a page.
0: Apparently or like- it's related to distance between neuron connections. Oh. So your average distance between neuron connections has something to do with dyslexia or it's correlated with. So they th- they think it has something to do with like the way your brain integrates thinking so that you tend mm-hmm. to integrate much more disparate concepts but have a much harder time with much more connected concepts. So yeah. like tasks like having to take very specific discrete letters in front of you. And run all of these tasks that are the same task every time people with dyslexia, from what I understand, tend to be better at first run problem solving. So if there's a brand new situation, they will sometimes get to the solution a lot faster. Whereas people Mm -hmm. that are more conventional thinkers, like in some ways, I'm a more conventional thinker that way. Mm -hmm. I can focus on a very specific task and run through that task and just execute the same task over and over and over again with increasing efficiency yeah so it takes me longer to get to a place where i function better than a dyslexic would at most tasks Um, Mm -hmm. but over time i will typically function better than a dyslexic at repetitive meaningless tasks (laughs) which is like great i'm made to be a worker drone (laughs) <laughs> Dyslexics also tend to be better with spatial perception. There's like certain specific things that are just like they're better wired for on average. Yeah. And then like yeah. conventional thinkers tend to be better wired for different tasks. So, of course, society's structured for conventional thinkers. And it wouldn't surprise me if ADHD brains were similar. I was watching this talk where a person was talking about data on people that have ADHD um, doing hunter-gatherer style tasks. I don't know how they got that data. Um, but they were saying like, apparently in some groups of people that, that still tend, tend to do those sorts of tax tasks, um, ADHD patients tend to be like better fed and just better off. But then as soon as you look at them in like, um, a post agricultural revolution style society with like agriculture and farming, it's like the way that tasks get, um, standardized and like very limited in scope apparently they just tend to be worse off
1: yeah but that was just from a ted
0: talk i haven't seen any papers so for all i know it was all nonsense
1: (laughs) yeah i I think i saw the same one yeah um it's because we're we're really good at like involuntary what is it like involuntary thinking or involuntary attention right so like something happens in our peripherals and it's like bam i got that we're like did you see that everyone else is like
0: no you're like, like, well, it's right there. Cool. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a bobcat and it's probably going to eat yeah. a kid. So maybe we should all yeah. just like be aware of this. Totally.
1: Like I, I can't read a fucking book for more than like five minutes, but I can spot the tiniest bug on my wall from like 25 feet away.
0: Yeah. Which is super useful <laughs> as a skill set, especially if you think <laughs> yeah. about group fitness, like a whole group being able to survive. You start talking yeah. about like what random elements would you need to be in that group for that group to be successful and folks with ADHD would be so useful in like yeah yeah
1: yep I feel like we'd be good at like like in like a zombie apocalypse situation totally like we'd be good at that kind of shit but then I'm also such a wuss that if I just saw one, I'd just be like, I wouldn't say shit to anybody. I'd just be like, oh my God, I see that. And then
0: I would run. <laughs> You'd be like, the zombie's going to get to them first.
1: Yeah. And people would be like, where'd Yana go? And I'm like, see ya, fuckers. <laughs> I'm just,
0: like, just be the canary in the coal mine.
1: Yeah. If, y- if Yana not found, very,
0: maybe yeah, zombies. I can't run
1: very fast or very far, so I need a head start, right? So.
0: <laughs> oh, the poor people in your zombie apocalypse survival group. Yeah, I would just
1: abandon them at a moment's
0: notice. (laughs) Well, I think we've kind of talked coping to death, although I'm sure we could continue to talk about this for hours and hours and hours.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But let's wrap this one up here, and we can always talk about something else in the next one. Cool, cool. So how was it, Intimates? Did you love something you heard, or maybe you're upset by something I said? leave your comments on facebook.com slash intimate interactions, or you can go to patreon.com slash victorsalmon where you can find our Discord server. All of these communities are available on intimatepodcast.com, and I genuinely look forward to speaking with you soon. If you liked it, please consider helping us pay for show costs over at Patreon for as little as $1 per month. It's incredibly helpful. It's just a dollar a month. If you can afford it, we would hugely appreciate having your support. And hey, if that doesn't work for you, I completely understand. You can also help out by going to leave a review on iTunes or other favorite social media platform. Social proof like that helps so much with visibility and audience building. It helps other intimacy and relationship nerds find us. And if any of that just sounds like too much work, you can always do something really simple and it still goes a long way. Something like just tapping share and sending an episode that you liked, maybe a favorite, to a friend or partner, or maybe you can send them something you think they might really like. That's probably more considerate. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time and for your help in keeping us making more of intimate interactions. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The intro music was Driving in the Rain by Timecrawler, and this outro music is Acoustic Blues by Jason Shaw.